Hello and welcome to another edition of Zach's Tailgate. I am your host, Zach, and I hope you enjoyed the first weekend of college football. I know I did. And uh, Julia, how did uh, you feel about this week's college football games? I know you were happy Thursday. Yeah. Again, this week I brought back my lovely wife, Julia, on the podcast. And we are actually all the way up here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, recording this episode. My amazing wife, I'm not allowed to use lovely anymore because she said I use it too much. So my amazing wife planned this trip for us and the doggos. And we are up here just relaxing for the week. And we weren't able to get it recorded before we left, so that's what we're doing right now. It's been fun so far. Today we got to do Ruby Falls and the Incline Railway. I mean, The Incline Railway was awful. That was the biggest waste of money ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one was a hard sell. I don't quite know. <laughs> we were sitting in these glass... Glass train cars. Train what they cars. And I felt like a roast in the oven. Yeah. In one of my Pyrex dishes. Yeah, it, it was It was so hot. Yeah, we were sweating. I looked, I looked pretty glazed. Yeah, we did. Like two hams on Thanksgiving. Two hams on Thanksgiving, baby. <laughs> <coughs> that was me coughing up the... <coughs> Dinner from last night? No, the smoke from being freaking baked today. In the worst way possible. Y'all, yeah. it's hot up here. No humidity is nice, though. But it's hot. But not as hot as my boys looked on Thursday. I don't think they looked that hot. It doesn't matter. They we'll, won, so. We'll get to that later. But, um, if you do... <laughs> if that you, was good. But, um, psh. I don't know what was good. You said, but, um, and I said, psh. Oh, like the, okay. Like the, the, dum do. There we go. That was a stretch. Uh, the Big 12 is looking to expand, seeing how Texas and Oklahoma are leaving for the SEC. They are planning to add Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, plus independent BYU. Now, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF are all part of the AAC, the American Athletic Conference. Their bylaws require schools to give a 27-month notice before they leave and pay a $10 million buyout fee. So... We'll see how all that goes in the coming years and months. I think that's good for those three schools. It'll put them in a Power 5 conference, so then they can't complain about being left out at the end of the year when it comes to the playoffs. All right, so you want to take a look at the picks from last week and see how we did? Picks from last week. Drum roll, please. Well, I had 11 correct, and you had 5. Just to... Better than the other week, I think. Which, which week? That was the first week. We did pickums for week zero. Can you keep up with your own podcast? No. Remember, I have to change the name here soon. Why? That's what you said. Starting off with our picks, we uh, both took UAB, who took Jacksonville State. I mean, completely demolished them, thirty-one to nothing. UCF, we both picked, and that was a nail biter. 36-31. That one did not start out the way UCF wanted. We'll get into that here in a little bit. We had NC State versus USF, which NC State routed them 45 to nothing. Then we had Appalachia State versus ECU, and Appalachia State won that one 33-19. Then we had the big one on Thursday, Ohio State versus Minnesota. 
which we will definitely get into that one. I know you want to. And Ohio State came up on top, 45-31. to 31. Then uh, Virginia Tech beat UNC. So unranked Virginia Tech took down number 10 UNC, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Michigan State won 38-21 against Northwestern. And last year, Michigan State had zero rushing touchdowns in all their games. And this year, in the first game, they had four. So that's that's a that's on the rise for Michigan State and something good to look forward to for them. Now, they do have a tough schedule, though, with Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan all on their schedule. Then we had South Dakota State. They won 42-23 to against Colorado State. Then you had Penn State beat Wisconsin 16-10. That was a nail-biter there. That was a great Big Ten matchup. Then Alabama completely throttled Miami 44-13. Iowa took care of Indiana 34-6. Texas beat the Louisiana Raging Cajuns 38-18. Texas Tech won 38-21 over the Houston Cougars. And then you had UGA... Versus Clemson, that was a defensive battle. Both defenses looked really good. And two of the quarterbacks that were supposed to be Heisman frontrunners, neither one of them could find the end zone in that game with Georgia's defense getting the interception and the lone touchdown. Then you had UF taking on FAU. That was uh, Emory looked a little sluggish and struggled there towards the second quarter. But Florida got the win, 35-14. to There's a little bit of a quarterback battle. Now at UF between him and Anthony Richardson. And then probably one of the bigger upsets of the day, we had UCLA taking on and beating LSU at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, 38-27. BYU beat Arizona, 24-16. Now some of the big games that we didn't really look into and um, that were over the weekend that were good games to watch and hopefully you got to take a look at them was Kansas State beating Stanford 24-7. Then you had number two Oklahoma, led by Heisman candidate Spencer Radler, almost lose to unranked Tulane 40-35. That was a close one, too, where Tulane was driving down at the end of the game, and their quarterback left it all out on the field and was one yard short. It was about a half a yard short of the first down to keep the drive going on fourth down. Then Mississippi State battled back from down 21 to beat Louisiana Tech 35-34. They only won by one. Then UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio, took down Illinois, who had a very good Week 0 game against Nebraska, and they looked to be on the rise, but they lost that game 37-30. Then Northern Illinois beat Georgia Tech 22-21, and Eastern Tennessee State went into Vanderbilt and completely embarrassed them 23-3. See, that's why special teams matters, because they could have ended up getting goosed. There's another game special teams really mattered in this week, too. And that would be Notre Dame versus Florida State. You hate to see a game in that way. No, I'm just kidding. You love to see it. Notre Dame had the lead the whole game. It was a tight battle, though. Mackenzie Milton comes in halfway through the third quarter, and he hasn't played a game, hasn't touched the field in over a 1,000 days, two years, Two and a half years, or however it is, since the last time he played in a game from that gruesome leg injury, and comes back and led the comeback in the third quarter. 
Got it to 38-38 going into, uh, going to the end of the game. Ended up having to go into overtime. We'll get into that one a little bit later when we talk about some of these games. But I definitely do want to talk about that and how good Mackenzie Milton looked after not touching a field for so long. And, and all his doctors said he shouldn't have been able to walk without being in pain and went out there and looked like he had a missive beat. That was really awesome to see. Like the announcer said, Disney script writers, get, get your pens ready because that will be on Disney Plus by the end of the year. Then we had Louisville and Ole Miss on uh, Monday night. That really wasn't a game, even though Lane Kiffin was not there due to COVID. And uh, Ole Miss took care of Louisville 43-24. to You want to get into talking about some of those games and the ones that we picked? I think the only game we should talk about is um, Ohio State. They're on the list. I got I got plenty to say about that game, and not about Ohio State, about Minnesota. So oh, I'm we, sure. Well, you sat there and listened to me the whole time. Yeah, you're a hater. No, I'm you're talking about... You're a hater of Ohio State. No. Yes, you are. No. You were cheering for them the whole time. I was cheering for both teams because no, I really didn't care. Yes. You do care. Yes. After, after, we'll get into that one. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. So the first one I want to talk about, though, was UCF and Boise State. Gabriel, the quarterback, came out and did not look good. He ended the night, though, 25 for 37, had 318 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. And his first interception was kind of big. It was a 100-yard return to the house, put Boise State up 7-0 in the first quarter. And um, like I said, they started really slow, but finally got it together, turned it around, came back for a big win against a team that is a non-Power 5 team but has a couple Power 5 wins under their belt and is always, they kind of set the set the tone for non-Power 5 conferences and how they should play and react. So, and you, well, you went to bed on that one because they were in a rain delay till about 940. They off till 945. I say they didn't, yeah, that was crazy. And um, so, like I said, UCF's 1-0 though, and that was a big win to start off the Gus Malzahn error at UCF. Now we can get into this. Ohio State and Minnesota. We had Stroud, who it was his first start, not his first game in college football. I know. Who was the announcer that kept saying it was his first college game? Some idiot. I don't know. They Listen, every man needs a woman to hype them up, and every woman needs a man to hype them up the way that those announcers were hyping up Ohio State. I'm just saying. They were all over him and all about him. And you even said that. But I'm just saying. Stroud, though, he looked a little sluggish at first. I think that first game, you know, first start jitters kind of got to him. But, again, Ohio State has another great quarterback that's going to run through the Big Ten because there's not too much competition. But he'll, he'll take what he needs to and run through him. Now, my biggest problem with this game is Minnesota and P.J. Fleck. You had a fifth-year senior at quarterback who you praised that one day would be calling plays on a sideline in college or somewhere else, and the guy couldn't run a read option to save his life, and which inevitably ended up leading to the running back, Muhammad, getting hurt, and he's done for the season. He came back for his senior year, and you got him hurt week one. And that's on P.J. Fleck and the quarterback there because anybody knows that if you're running a, running any kind of option, you have your read key. 
and you go off of him and they just if, if he's crashing down you hold it and run if he's staying you hand it off and let him go and every time he never pulled it once there was six times I could count that he should have pulled it and taken off himself but he gave it and they ended up getting negative yards he was scared he was I, I don't know if he was scared or what but he cost that kid his senior his senior season while he was there can he the, come back as like a super senior he could come back as the fifth year senior but the guy has enough tape on him and he has the stats to where he will just go to the league next year. Even not playing the rest of the season? Yes. Interesting. Well, Jefferson, who was an LSU receiver, decided to sit out last year during COVID and everything. Okay. And he went in the first round of the draft. So it, it stuff happens, you know. But that's that's my take on that one. P.J. Fleck and your fifth-year quarterback who is complete trash – and you tried to run tempo against Ohio State and slow the game down. And I don't even slow the game down. Just try to eat clock, and you couldn't do it. And you decided to stick with that all the way down to the end, and it showed. And that's why you were 0-1 when you had the chance. You had the stadium on your side being home. You had the crowd. You had everybody there, and you just couldn't do it. And as sad as that is, I mean, you did it to yourself. And that's at the end of the I day. I think his problem is he was wearing a sweater vest. Thing. I don't know if you want to talk too bad about the sweater vest. Why? Because for many years, Jim Trestle, who was the Ohio State head coach, rocked the sweater vest. I don't know who that vest. is. You are not an Ohio State fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> if I have any Ohio State fans that listen to this, they are going to cuss you for not knowing. That's that's sacrilege. He, he was your coach. Urban replaced him. Okay. What years did he coach? Because I didn't start watching football till maybe I was in middle school. You would have seen him. Because Urban left in 10 at UF. And then I think 12, he was at Ohio State. So that anytime from 12, I think back to the 90s, Trestle was there. Maybe early 2000s. He was there for a long time. Hold on, I'll look it up. We are at a brief intermission while Zachary Googles. Now he's the president at Young State University. Okay, cool. He was the Ohio State head coach from 2001 to 2010. And actually he went, but in... 83, he was the wide receivers coach at Ohio State, quarterback wide receivers coach. Then 84 and 85, he was the quarterback, running back, wide receivers coach. Then, okay, okay. I'm just saying. I don't, I don't care. Well, you should care because he won a couple times. He left right as I started watching football. So you only started watching football when Urban was there. Correct. That's, you know, we don't have to have a talk about this outside of the podcast because I don't ever need to watch another Ohio State game. Why? Because you're a Fairweather fan. You're not, you're not a diehard I can't help my age. That ain't got nothing to do with your age. Yes, it does. What grade were you in 2010? Eighth grade. So, why are you giving me squinty eyes? I also grew up with just me and my mom. We didn't spend our every waking minute watching football. Alright, moving on. Oh, wait, are you going to be talking about UF? Yes. Because I have some words about that one. 
Okay, that's fine. I have some very specific words. Oh, was that was that? No, me? no, no, no. We're not getting there right now. Okay. Go, go to your right. next game. Next game, we had Georgia and Clemson, which this offensively it was a disappointing game, but defensively, I mean, it was a great game. Uh, kind of like the Super Bowl with New England and the Rams a couple years ago. Very strong defensive game. The only touchdown was scored by Georgia's defense. I mean. JT Daniels was 22 for 30 for Georgia and only had 135 yards and one interception. Um, most I can say, though, again, Heisman candidates both look soft um, against strong defenses, and JT Daniels has a long road ahead of him because he's going to have to go through his SEC gauntlet, and that's not easy. Um, Clemson, that was his first start, oh, no, second start at quarterback, and it's ACC looked a little good this week. I'm not gonna lie, and uh, it'll be something to watch how the year goes by. Now we will get to UF versus FAU. So, do you want to start? Get your words out. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm very upset that Urban Meyer came on the field just prancing around wearing a UF shirt. Well, he did win two titles from '05 to care. 2010. He's my coach, and he... No. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not your coach. Yes! You should be... You Listen, you should be as upset as I was when he left. Because he left under wanting to spend time with family, and now he's the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't care what he does. He makes a lot more money than, than you and I do, so he can do whatever. Okay, but he, he still leaves teams dirty. Just that's. He didn't leave them dirty. He completed his career there. He didn't complete his career if he's still going. He completed his Ohio State career just like he completed his It'd be his, his tenure. No. I don't know. No. His career. Because he didn't complete tenure. Okay, goodbye. Anyways, he should not have been at that swampy swamp. He now has swamp ass. No, he has swamp ass because he coaches <laughs> in the state of Florida again. That's why he has swamp ass. Anybody that works out in the sun knows that. But in this game, you had Emory Jones, who has been there for three years now, was Dan Mullen's first recruit, highest recruit. And um, he looked really good on the first two drives. Florida jumps out 14 nothing. He ended his night with 17 for 27. He ended his night with 17 out of 27 passes, um, had 113 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. And there was times where he kind of looked flat. I don't know what really happened, if it was something mental, but he's going to have to get it together if he wants to go in and protect the Swamp against Alabama in two weeks, which just came out today is going to be a sold-out Swamp at 3.30 in two weeks. It's going to be a good game. It should be a good game. Everybody at that game's going to have Swamp ass. Everybody. There ain't going to be enough beer to help you either. It'll be hot. But it won't back down. Now, there you go. See? Hey, baby. If anybody doesn't know, Florida plays that song during the fourth quarter. Sing. There ain't no easy way out of getting swamp ass. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. All right. Now, Anthony Richardson, who was UF's QB number two. Came in the game, looked very good, had a 79-yard touchdown run in the fourth. 
Um, ended up on a 75-yard touchdown run. Ended up leading Florida in rushing yards. He had seven carries, 160 yards, and one touchdown. Then um, Florida did something that they hadn't done in a long time. They rushed for 400 yards. And, again, 160 of it went to Anthony Richardson. That's the most by a quarterback at UF in the history of UF football. Um, there's going to be a battle and be at the quarterback, and you might see a two-quarterback system ran there. I know a lot of people are all about Anthony Richardson right now, but if we look back at the 06 title game, the 06 championship season was Leak and Tebow, and Tebow would come in and be flashy, and everybody would want Tebow, but they, you still had that two-quarterback system, and Chris Leak started, which I can remember my dad. The other one can't really throw. I do know that. I did watch that much. There, the two interceptions looked really bad, but we've also seen him throw 60-yard dimes. Which one are we talking about? Rich, the, one, the one that ended the game? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Emory Jones throws has thrown 60 yards on the money, and we've all seen it. Now, Richardson, when it came down to him throwing the long ball, did not look good. That's what I was saying. And the fourth. Um, yeah, I got you. But, like I said... Kind of ease up on the kid. Let Emory get in there and Dan Mullen get in there. Figure it out what they need to do and go from there. And Mullen's going to do what he needs to and he'll go and put the best talent he has on the field. We all know that. Gator Nation, we believe in Mullen. We believe in Emory. Let's get it. Because this week you can clean it up against USF. But the week after, that's when you have the number one Crimson Tide coming in to the Swamp. So you need to be ready and be prepared to protect the house. I don't house. even know who to vote for for that game. Because you really hate Alabama. Like, you hate Florida, but you really hate Alabama. We I talked really, about that last I episode. I really don't like Alabama. I know. It's okay. Well, that's one of those ones, when it, like, when it comes to Michigan and Ohio State this year, you know I'm going to root for Ohio State. As you should. Well, when it comes to Florida versus Alabama, at that point, because Ohio State's number two in the latest um, top 25, so you really want Florida to knock Alabama off, so then you guys would end up at number one. See? There's there's a little bit of madness there, but it works. All right. The, the second to last game we're going to talk about was UCLA getting a big statement win, 38-27 over the LSU Tigers. Now, LSU was displaced because of Hurricane Ida. They were practicing all week in Houston at the Texans facility, I believe. Then had to hop on a plane and go all the way out west and play. So that might be a little bit of it, but I'm not going to say that's all of it. This win by UCLA was probably the biggest win for Chip Kelly um, since he's been there. And I know um, week zero we talked about it. I wasn't a big fan of him, but that, and I'm still not a huge fan, but that was a big win for him there. And um, that was nice to see for those UCLA kids because they don't always get the best, you know, look and all the respect because they're in the Pac-12. But um, this does also put old Ed Ogeron, that one that don't like this, like he from the bayou. That's, that's not a joke. That's how he talks. Is he from Louisiana? I don't know. His voice matches up perfectly with the team, though. Um, that does put Ed Orgeron on the hot seat, I believe, because the 2019 season, you went undefeated with Joe Burrow, tore up the SEC, tore up 
everybody and uh, went in and won the national title. And then the last two years have been very rough. Very, very rough. Now, the last game I'm going to talk about is the Notre Dame and Florida State game, and that was Sunday night. Was Would have probably been better if that ended the week and we didn't really have the uh, Louisville Ole Miss game because that was nowhere near as exciting. Uh, a lot of targeting. I think there was three targeting calls in that game, three players ejected, which I did not know they changed the targeting rule to where you do not have to go to the locker room if you've been ejected. You just have to sit on the sideline without your helmet. Because it, it used to be targeted, ejected, you went to the locker room, and that was your day. Now you can at least still be out there on the sideline with your team, which I kind of like. I think that's good. Um, that's a nice rule change. You forgot change. to talk about the targeting call of oh. the Ohio State game. Oh. That didn't go – There was two the of them. There, but the first the, one was very close. They – Ohio State, hate to say it, but they skated away with the targeting. Did, did you ever – Did I, I showed you the set – did you ever look at the second one I sent you on TikTok? No. Hold on. Because I – this one was scary. This is this one was bad. Kid ended up being locked up, just nothing. This is targeting. The Minnesota That's not the one that... Okay, but he didn't lead with his head. Let me see your phone. Yes, he did. Yeah, no. That one was horrible. The first one, I understand why they didn't throw it. Because the way the angle was, I get that. Well, the first one was more targeting than that one was. The Minnesota player literally went stiff at the end of that one from helmet to helmet. He probably went stiff because he plays for a shitty team. No, that would that one should have been an ejection. All right, but again, like I said, we'll get to that Notre Dame Florida State one right now. Um, Notre Dame ended up winning this game in overtime, forty-one to thirty-eight, and a game that came down to special teams, which Florida State had another one go wide left. Halfway through the third quarter, though, Florida State's uh, starting quarterback. His helmet came off, and in came Mackenzie Milton, which if you've paid any attention to college football in the state of Florida over the past couple years, who was UCF starter under Scott Frost and was very good, led the team to their undefeated season. Well, the next year he ends up getting hurt the last game of the year horribly. His leg was very busted up. And um, the team doctors, like I said, they did not think he would ever be able to walk without being in pain, let alone play the game of football. And he looked like he had not missed a beat. He came back from 18 points down, led the team, got it into overtime. Then in overtime, everybody knows each team gets a shot. Oh, another rule that changed this year with overtime, after each team scores one touchdown, they can kick the extra point. But when it goes into the second overtime, you have to go for two. So it used to be like after the third, you'd have to go for two. But now they want to kind of speed up the games. Um, but Florida State gets the ball to start. First play goes nowhere. Second play, they get stopped. Third again. Well, actually, the third down is where it got interesting. 
Milton takes a snap, back step, and tries to pump fake and loses the ball and then falls on it. So they send out the kicking team. It's going to be a 50-yard field goal. You know, college football, that's about max for a lot of players. They go to kick the ball, kick it to the uprights. Kid makes it, but whistles are blowing before he kicked it. And Florida State's coach decided to call a timeout. So then Mike Norvell got the timeout and throws and throws the challenge flag and because he wants to say that he uh, was throwing it and it would be an incompletion instead of a fumble. So that moves. He gets that call, moves it up to the 19-yard line to snap. It's about a 35-yard kick from there. Kid shanks it wide left, which last week we talked about with special teams. That's now their fourth one. They did three against Miami that went wide left, and now this one against Notre Dame. And Notre Dame gets the ball three plays later, is kicking it through the uprights and wins the game. And uh, Brian Kelly said something a little weird. I guess it was an old reference from the 70s. Uh, they, uh, I guess a coach said that a team should be executed for the way they played because they weren't really playing all too well. And he starts talking to the sideline reporter at the end and goes, you know, this team's all about executing and executing right, and all these guys need to be executed because they couldn't. And, um, yeah, he's still trying to backpedal from that all the way back from, from Tallahassee all the way to Notre Dame up there. And not good. And I just was poor verbiage. I guess, poor vocabulary in this day and age just didn't work out. I cannot wait to eat a chicken tender. (laughs) What? I already said I wanted a chicken tender. Alright. So, again, I I wish that would have been the final game of the week because the Louisville-Ole Miss game was nothing compared to that. Very trash, not good. But uh, moving on, we are going to talk about this week's game, week two, and our picks. So to start off, Friday night, there's really not a lot of good games on. Um, and that's Friday, September 10th. And um, there's not a whole lot of great football this weekend. Um, but who knows, some of these games might turn in to be really good. You never know. Uh, the first one up we got for Friday, September 10th, is Kansas who won their first game in about a year and a half. Didn't win any last year, I don't think. Versus Coastal Carolina, who only had one loss last year. I'm going with Coastal Carolina. I'm going with Coastal Carolina. All right. And did you have any fun facts about this game? (laughs) Yes. So the reason I'm going with Coastal Carolina is because I literally could not find one even crumb of like fun interesting weird for kansas like literally kansas gets the award for being the most boring university well they're a basketball school that's why okay but they should have some something even basketball like i couldn't find anything nothing i literally put on my notes like congrats on being the least exciting team i mean they're a jayhawk i don't know what else would be exciting they did have a really good coach come there and still couldn't win 
That would be Les Miles, former LSU head coach, and he was Michigan State's head coach before that. Yeah, they didn't win a game at all last year. They were 0-9. All right. Coastal Carolina, though, that's my pick. Coastal Carolina. Anything fun about them? They're the proud and fierce roosters. Don't they have a teal field? Turquoise? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind to of... To match their blue cock bird. Is it a big blue cock or a little blue cock? Big blue cock. So we'll move on from that one. We both take... Yeah, we're both taking Coastal Carolina. Then your fun team to say versus Boise State. UTEP. UTEP. Single-handedly, we should be, like, given merch by UTEP because we have literally talked about them every single time. Well, they're undefeated right now playing Boise State, who's 0-1. And Boise State has to bounce back and have a big win here. But, like you said, we've talked about them a little bit. I'm going to take UTEP on this one. It's going to be a short podcast. No, we still got quite a bit to talk about. But, again, like I said, I'm taking UTEP, and that's who you're taking? Yeah, UTEP. Those are my boys. You know what UTEP stands for? University. Hold on. Yes, University of Texas, El Paso. Atta girl. Ha-ha, I didn't even Google anything, bitch. All right, and they are the Miners. They're playing the Broncos this week. Should be a fun one. UTEP pull it out though, so you can be three now. All right. Saturday, September eleventh. Games kick off early. It's gonna be a lot of teams. A lot of home teams are gonna be doing celebrations. Um, Not really celebration. Memorial. Well, I don't know what you call it. A lot of teams are gonna be doing remembrances. There you go, and having different things. Um, First one we have is one and one Illinois at Virginia Tech. I'm gonna take the Hokies on that one. Ho- the Hokies versus the Fighting Illini. I I'm gonna go Hokies because I don't like the Fighting Illini. All right, then this one we have one and zero oh and number eleven I think Oregon versus number four Ohio State. Well. As you guessed it, Ohio State. Thank you. I gotta go with them on this week too. I can't. I can't do it. As much as I want to root against them, I don't think Oregon's going to be able to keep up. I mean, with Oregon's going to have some bomb uniforms. Yeah. But I mean, they'll win in that category. But not on the field. Nothing else. <laughs> I mean, I hope not. Hey, you never know. All right, then we have one and zero Pittsburgh at one and zero Tennessee. Good old Rocky Top. Rocky Top, you'll always be home sweet home to me. This is a singing podcast now. I have never, ever, ever, ever encountered someone who just produces so much noise and body secretments than you. And your dumbass married me. (laughs) You have, like, sneezed and coughed and... Have allergies. Gotten a dry throat, and we've only been here for a little bit. Been here two days now. Not at this table. We've been here for like 40 minutes. And I've been doing all the talking. You're supposed to chime in, but you ain't doing it today. Yeah, I am. Now you are. I don't know about all that stat stuff. 
I barely went over any stats. Yeah, you did. You went over a lot of stuff. And you throw people's names out. I don't know anybody's name. And then you make me feel stupid because I didn't know a head coach that was before my time of even being conceived. I don't know. You weren't born in 2000? You were born before <laughs> 2000. Yes, but I wasn't watching it. I didn't know who those people were. All right. I got you. I'm sorry. You should be. Not really. You. Then you can continue talking by yourself. Okay. Finally. What? Nothing. All right, moving on. So we have... Oh, who are we picking? For what? Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Tennessee, duh. I'm Tennessee. I got to go SEC there. I am literally the only 10 you see. Amen to that. Although, that lady at Walgreens today, first thing in the morning. Granny Nanny with a big old booty. And you're the one that pointed her out. That was. I mean, you could literally eat your dinner off the thing. That was a big old booty. All right, moving on. Tulsa and Oklahoma State. That is a in-state rivalry game. What are their mascots? That's my determining factor. So Oklahoma State is the the Sooners. No, Who's that's the... Oklahoma. Oh. Do you know what a Sooner is? <laughs> Better than later. <laughs> How do I know that was coming? No, whenever me and Dad went to the 2008 national title game, we didn't know what a Sooner was and had to ask people. So that's why I asked that. So what is it? It is somebody that moved to the Plains and, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Somebody that moved to the Plains of Oklahoma and, like, homesteaded, and they were the first ones there. So it was like, damn, you got there Sooner. Mm. Yeah, not See, I told you. Better than later. What's the other mascot? It's like a wave. They're, they're literally not even near any bodies of water. Alright, so Oklahoma State is the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys. Oklahoma State, put me down. Yeehaw. And what is Tulsa? Oh, they're the Golden Hurricanes. Okay, they're... Also not getting any hurricanes, so Cowboys it is. 100%. All right. Then UF at USF. Now, I know you always want to pick against UF. Now, again, like I said, I know you always want to pick against UF, but this might, I mean, if you're not worried about the pick points, it's okay. I mean, I'm going to go against UF, so USF is my pick. You know they've only played each other once? Yep. In 2010. Yep. Oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. And Florida won that one. Of course. I mean, they're better, but I don't like that. Ah, I'm stealing that clip right there. No, you yep. can't. Yes, I can. Um, at Florida University of um, Mr. Tubit, do you know he never attended UF? No, he was a fan, though. He had that's season That's what I'm tickets. saying. Like, he never attended UF. Yeah. In 2005, they named him an honorary... In 2005, they named him an honorary... Alumni. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Also, not even related to UF, but Gainesville. Um, Tom Petty is from Gainesville. Well, he started, was. And started in Gainesville. Yeah, he was, though. He did now. That's why they play the Never or Won't Back Down. Okay. I didn't see that information, but he, it said he started in Gainesville. Yeah, when he died a couple years ago. Who's Tom Petty? I, I just... <laughs> 
Tom Petty was a musician. In what band? Um, was it his band? Hold on, I'm looking it up. Tom Petty, American singer-songwriter. I think it was just him was the name of the band. Hold on. <laughs> just him. It's the name of the band. Oh, no, it was Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. That's right. But after his death, after his death in 2017, Florida, Florida started playing that. Oh, oh, classic. You know what? Classic butthole moves. How is that a butthole move? You don't start honoring someone until they're gone. Okay. That happens a lot. Exactly. Okay. We should always be honoring people. He didn't go to UF for anything like that. You just told me he, he went grew to UF. Up, no, he grew up in Gainesville. And I had that written down and he said no, he went to... No. Then why were you disagreeing with me? I wasn't. I'll go back and listen. I don't think you're right. Alright, moving on. Did you have anything else? USF. USF. The Bulls. The Bulls. You know, this is going to be a hard pick for our good friend Sydney. Because she graduated from both schools. Um. Well, the USF... Eh, not really, like, related to football, but... They had the beef studs. What is that? Is <laughs> the that beef their, studs. Is that their offensive linemen? No, it was two guys, like fans or alumni, whoever, and they'd paint themselves green and gold for every game. Florida State has two people. We're not talking about Florida State. I know, State. but I'm just saying that they douse themselves in garnet a and lot gold of people glitter. do these. A lot of people do this, but like they were specifically named the beef studs. Did not know that. They're beefy. Gotcha. All right. Uh, sticking with an SEC team, we have Texas A&M, which is the Aggies versus the Colorado Buffalo. Who you got? For what? The Texas A&M <laughs> Aggies versus the Colorado Buffaloes. The Buffaloes. All right. They run over some Aggies. What is your system going on over there on your paper? It's my system. Don't worry about it. Do you have anything? Oh, I don't know if you wrote it down, but you didn't know that they bring a live buffalo on the field for every home game at Colorado. That's ridiculous. These buffalo are huge. Yeah, they're massive, and there takes like ten guys running down the side or running down the middle of the field with them. It's crazy. That is crazy. Because if homeboy got out, they'd be screwed. Well, LSU used to bring Mike the Tiger out in his cage. From Frosted Flakes? That's not Mike the Tiger. That's Tony the Tiger, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh. There you go. From Frosted Flakes. And then um, there's another one that brings something out. I can't remember. It'll come to me. But, um, okay. So, I'm taking A&M. You're taking Colorado. Mm-hmm. Then we have Cal at TCU. This one I threw in there for the mascot. What are they? They, 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 that's some twangs coming out, baby. They are the Texas Christian University Horned Frogs. So they're devil frogs going to a Christian university. Well, that's like horns all over their back, so maybe. I don't know. Yeah. They need to reevaluate. What's the other team? The other team is... 
cow. I don't even know. They're not really that important. Okay, but their mascot is important to me. They are the Golden Bears. So you have UCLA, who's the Bruins, which are Bears, and Cal, who is the Golden Bears. So you have Bears versus Horned Frogs. I'm going to do Horned Frogs. Mainly because TCU is really usually a really good team. That purple and black. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the big one of the day, I think, because it is two of the military academies. And this one is a 330 game, and we have Air Force at Navy. I'm going to take Navy in this one. I always pick Navy when it comes to any of these games, whether it's Army, Navy, or Navy and Air Force. So I'm going to say off the back, Navy. Why? I just always like them. I've always rooted for them. Grandfather was in the Navy. My other grandfather was in the Navy. So, Buster. Uh, why? Okay, yes. Well, I, I know. You I just know. looked at me like I had two heads. No, I didn't. A little bit. So are you taking the midshipment or the <laughs> midshipment? Yeah. You mean shipmen? Either way. Or the Air Force Falcons. I had a buddy who went to Air Force. They couldn't even be like the Air Force Eagles, like the bird of our country, the bird of freedom. It'd be the bald eagles, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> well, they're all basically bald with those haircuts. <laughs> Alright, I'm taking it. <laughs> Who are you taking? Call. Air Force. <laughs> oh. Didn't I just say... Oh, never mind. Never mind, never mind. Alrighty then. <laughs> now this one should be probably one of the best games of the day because it is a in-state rivalry, and that is the Iowa Hawkeyes versus the Iowa State Cyclones. Cyclones. I'm going to... Oh, and actually that is number 10 versus number 9 now with the new rankings. So that should be really good. I'm also taking Iowa State. I normally would have picked Iowa. Iowa made a big jump from 18 all the way down to 10. Iowa or up like to 10. Corn. Aren't they the Corn State? I believe so. They, no, Nebraska is the ones that are the Corn Huskers. No, no, no. I'm saying like... Oh, the state? Yeah. Itself, like Corn... City. Something like that, yeah. Alright. Then Miami looks to bounce back against Appalachia State. Smart pick is going to be Miami in this game. But if you want to play the upset, if you want to play the upset, you take App State. I'm going to take App State because I would love to upset some people. Alright. I'm going to take them too. Just because. I got a couple Miami friends that aren't going to be happy about that pick, but I know they weren't happy last week either. <laughs> All right, moving right along, we have Texas versus Arkansas. Now, Arkansas struggled last week with Rice, but was able to bounce back and win. And Texas struggled with the Raging Cajuns last week as well, and they were able to pull it out. I'm going to take Arkansas, though, for me. Woo Pig Suey. What? It's their chant that they do. Woo Pig Suey? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That's what you do call pigs in. I don't ask me. It's Arkansas. What's the other team? 
The other team is the Texas Longhorns. That's the other one. Texas brings their Longhorn out, Bebo. <laughs> Actually, when Georgia played Texas a couple years ago in the Sugar Bowl, they had Uga and Bebo, Bebo or Bebo, whatever. They had them standing next to each other, and the Longhorn said, Hell no, nah, get that little thing away from me and tried to charge it. <gasps> did he yeet the dog? He almost did. It would have been funny. The poor wrinkly dude. Uh, R.I.P. to Ugga. That's the fastest I ever seen a bulldog move. Though. <laughs> that, that some bitch came after him. Who's going? All right. Um, Who you pick? I picked Arkansas. Who are you taking? What are the Arkansas? The piggies? Mm-hmm. The Razorbacks. Oh, they're hogs. Yeah. A pig is a hog. Hog is a pig. There you go. You can get some good barbecue up there, though. Okay, I'll do the piggies. The piglets. The piglets? Yeah. All right, Tyler will be happy to hear that. He's a big Arkansas fan. <laughs> All right, then we got NC State and Mississippi State. I am taking... I normally always go SEC, but I am definitely taking the Wolfpack on this one. Um, I know it's ACC, but I think they played well last week, and I think they're going to hold over again and do it this week. Who are you picking? The Mississippi State Bulldogs versus the NC State Wolf Pack. The Wolf Pack. Ow! The full moon, ladies and gents. I'm hairy enough to be one. Jesus. <laughs> That's a werewolf. It's a wolf, ain't it? <laughs> All right, moving on. We got Missouri and Kentucky. This is the first SEC versus SEC game. Oh, got, I have some words. You got the Missouri Tigers versus the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, I'm definitely going with Kentucky. Okay. Um, just right off the jump. Um, yeah. I did my damn research on these two. Okay. Well, give me your okay. damn research. So, overall, Kentucky's win against each other. There's Kentucky 7-4. Seven, seven okay. So, Missouri's always only won four times. So, in 1968, it was their second meetup together, right? Okay. From 1968, they didn't play each other until 2012. Well. Why? Like, do you know? Because Missouri was in the Big 12. Missouri, so they were in different conferences. Yes. Missouri and Texas A&M were in the Big 12 up until, what year was that? 2012. Yeah, that'd be. 2012 was the last time they played each other. Or. No. Well, from 1968, they didn't play each other yeah. until 2012. Well, Texas A&M and. Missouri jumped to the SEC. That seems about right when they did. And Missouri is a SEC East team. Yeah, they're an SEC East team. So they, they're on the same side. They play each other every year. Okay. Okay. What's your next? Um, Missouri has lost more to Kentucky, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Mizzou is overall a better team. Like, historically. Why? Oh, historically? Yeah. They, they have more conference championships, um, more all-time wins. They've played in more bowl games. I mean, a lot of on a lot of stats, they're very close. Kentucky and Missouri. One of my old bosses, Dave, went to Missouri and graduated. He was born and raised in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty cool stuff about Kentucky. In 2016, they unveiled the statues outside of the football training facility. You wonder what they're of? What are they of? The first four black football players. For Kentucky? Or? For, for Kentucky. Not 
not like in the league. They were the first four. Oh, that is pretty cool. And they they played together. One of them did the 1966 season, but they all played together in 1967. Oh, okay. So one came in. The picture I saw, yeah, the picture I saw was them, all four of them outside of the statue. Unfortunately, not not all of them are alive, like, currently, but that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It, like, sits in front of the training facility. facility. Oh, that is pretty neat. So, So, Missouri, I don't know if you know about this. In 1990, you know what I'm about to say? No. The fifth down incident? Against Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. So the they forgot to change the... Down sign. The down, down sign, distance. and the officials didn't catch it. Mm-hmm. They ended up with a fifth down. Did they win that game, or Colorado? I have no idea. <laughs> but... I remember that was against Colorado. That That's... was, like, the biggest mess up in official, like officiating football. No. Maybe at the time, the biggest mess up in officiating football was Ohio State Minnesota last week. Oh my god! I'm just saying. So extra. Okay, thank you for seg like segueing that together because I don't like Missouri. Why? Missouri is they are criminals. Okay. (laughs) So they played Ohio. Ohio State, the Ohio State University in 1976, right? Okay. And... They beat them? Um, I, I don't know. Yes. Yes, Missouri upset 22-21. Okay. That is when they, they adopted, they stole the chant. Which chant? So, Ohio is O-H-I-O, right? That's their, their yeah. chant. Missouri... Adopted after that game, they go M I Z Z O U. I did not know that. I've been to Florida Missouri games and I've never heard them chant that. That's their chant. I have never heard it. I'm... They literally stole that from Ohio. Well, you should have beat them and then they wouldn't. So you were definitely going Kentucky. I'm going Kentucky on that one. All right. Then we have number 20 Washington who lost to Montana last week. Big upset there. Against Big Blue in Michigan. Well, I'm not picking Michigan, so... I'm taking Michigan on that one. I hate to pick Michigan. Give you Washington. Then we got the Holy War. Utah at BYU. Utah State at BYU. No, it's Utah. The Holy War, are they both Christian colleges? No, but it's both in Utah. It's the Utah Utes. Hold on, I'm going to redo that. So we have the Holy War between the Utah Utes and the BYU Cougars. Both teams 1-0. It's a great in-state rivalry there. So who are you taking? The Utes or the Cougars? The Utes? Because what the hell is a Ute? Um, It's a Native American tribe, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So, I'll go for them. All right. That's going to be both. And to end the night, you have a Pac-12 in-state matchup. With the Stanford Cardinals tree people and the USC Trojans. Well, no, they're called Stanford Cardinal, and their logo has a tree in the middle of the S. They're up by. Have you you've never seen their mascot? Didn't you just say it was a cardinal? No. Oh, then what did you just say was a cardinal? That's what they're called, the Stanford Cardinals. 
Okay, isn't a cardinal a bird? Yes. I need to talk to some of these people that have selected the mascots. This will make you laugh. That's their mascot. What? It's a it's a tree. Yes. Is it there's a tree like a cardinal tree? Is I, it, it's a Christmas tree. It looks like a Christmas <gasps> tree. I'd love to go there. I'm picking them. I love Christmas. Well, if you look up cardinal, that's what you get. <laughs> I love Christmas. I love them. All right, so you're taking Stanford? Yep. I'm taking the USC Trojans. All right. Well, do you have anything else to go with any of this that we've talked about so far? I'm still dreaming about that chicken tender. I'm about to go eat. That chicken was amazing tonight that we had. Shout out to Sammy's. (laughs) I'm sorry. Sammy's? Wasn't that what it was called? No. What was it called? You literally have two cups in front of you with the name on it. Oh, ha! Champies. (laughs) You are... I... Oh my god. The only place you can get a Coors Light and a 40 and a koozie to go with it. That was good. But now we're going to move on to the last portion, the favorite portion. The only reason you guys have stayed and listened to us for the last hour, the food. Alright, so this week for your tailgate experience to spice it up, we are going to do hamburger egg rolls. And take it away, Julia. So you got egg roll papers. You got some browned ground beef. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some seasoning. Some cheese, because you know a hamburger has to have cheese. True. But don't forget the pickles. Or the There's... onion. I'm going ingredient um, by ingredient. Dear. My bad. So you got pickles. You got onions. You wrap that all up in a little fancy... Roll, like a little egg hey, roll. Yeah. Oh, whoa. That was roll. Don't say stuff like that. That's not racist. Anyways, and air fry them. Oh, you forgot you had to um, put the oil on them. Yeah, you brush them with oil. There you go. Then put them in the air fryer. How long you put them in the air fryer for? About 10 minutes. Did. Let's go 375 for 10 minutes, I believe is actually what we did them for. But guys, these are really good. You take, and you gotta get the Thousand Island. If you get the Thousand Island, it tastes like a, a Big, a big Mac. Mac. <laughs> Look at that. We just, oh my gosh, that was really good. Guys, it was delicious. We made them this past weekend for uh, the Florida game. Dad came over and we cooked. And uh, Your dad made them? Yes, dad made them. They were really good. Really, really good. And again, get the Thousand Island. It tastes like a Big Mac, or you can just do your ketchup and mustard, or whatever condiment you enjoy dipping your bur- putting on your burgers. So, until next week, guys. I hope you enjoy this weekend. Sit back, relax during the week. Watch a little HGTV with your old lady and enjoy yourself. I have been your host, Zach, and again, I had my beautiful and amazing Hi. co-host. Julia. Julia. Say bye. Oh. (laughs) Bye, guys. Follow us on Facebook at Zach's Tailgate. And uh, enjoy. Have a great week, guys. Guys. Guys, 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 guys. Bye. Bye.